everybody, welcome to Busy Living So Ba. Busy Living So Ba. Busy Living Sober. It's episode 255. <sighs> I'm feeling very animated today. And we are going to talk about today leaving our comfort zone because I did something really crazy for busy. And I tried out for a play, mm-hmm. a local play at our local theater here. That's crazy. I did the same thing. Well, you did it because you were forced. <laughs> I did it because I wanted to do it. I really wanted to do a play because I hadn't done one since I was very young. And as we all know, Busy likes to be on show because hence I have these shows and I do podcasts and all the rest of it. So this is just a natural progression is to do a local play. So I left my comfort zone and I went and I tried out and I got a huge part, which is crazy because there's so many lines. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. But when I was drinking, I would never have gone out and done anything like this. I would have talked about it for one, or I would have had to get loaded before I did it. Right. I agree. You would have. (laughs) Well, you didn't even know me then, but why do you say that? I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to be agreeable. Did you think it was leaving your comfort zone going and doing this play? He really doesn't know, want to. I have, yes, I have zero interest in being in a play whatsoever. It's not really like, it's not, it's a little different. It's not like not uncomfortable. I mean, I have a small part. I have like 20 lines to learn and that's not a problem. And I'm sure I'll be funny and a good actor. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's like the being up on stage part. Like, I guess that is my, the, my, the, my comfort zone is being anonymous. So that's why I don't like being in a play. That's my <laughs> comfort zone. <laughs> you want to be anonymous. Yes. You just want to carry the bag. Whatever. Yes. I want to be behind the curtain, not yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he did it because there was an extra role. And I said, why don't you do it? Exactly. But when we are in our drinking, we think, at least for me, it gave me bravado. It gave me chutzpah. It gave me courage. You courage. Said. It right. was like courage. It was, and he heard me earlier because we had started taping earlier and then of course life happens, but, and I had to turn it off, but we're back. And you know- like, And it turns out a, an old nickname for alcohol is John Courage. Johnny Courage. Not Johnny, just John Courage. John Courage, well, I never knew that from what year? From like the 1700s okay. and the 1800s. And, so, and there's a, a beer that I used to drink all the time that's called John Courage. Really? Mm-hmm. I drank Budweiser. <laughs> well, this is a lot fancier than Budweiser. <laughs> See, I, I drink Budweiser. And I think that it's, you know, it's, it's very interesting. It's like, I think when we're in our drinking, into drinking, it just gives us this courage. It gives us bravado. It gives us. Well, I would say to... I'm going to interrupt you a second because I think it's it doesn't give you courage. It gives you false courage. So I think bravado is a way better word for it. You know, it makes you kind of a blowhard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, you might try doing something really stupid, but what do you really get done at the end of it? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. No. You may have jumped off a bridge, and you know in the 20 feet of water, which we used to do all the time. But, you know, big deal. I did used to, um, I remember I was in, I was actually in Jamaica at Rick's Cafe, if anyone can remember that. Rick's Cafe in Jamaica in Ocho Rios. 
and I was with Nadine, God rest her soul, Joe Coffey, rest his soul. And, um, and we went diving off these cliffs. And let me tell you something, it was really high up and I can't even imagine, I thought I was having a heart attack because I think it was also, I'd smoked some weed. So I was like, <laughs> whoa, I'm dying, I'm dying, I can't breathe, I'm getting, I'm like right between the cliffs. And would I ever do that? I don't think I could ever do that today. I don't think you could get me to dive into that water, but I did go and sign up to do this audition for this play, which was insane. And I think that reaching out for help, reaching out and trying to do something you haven't ever done is very hard. And I think, especially if you've been drinking or doing drugs for a long time and you get to this place where you're like, I don't even know what I'm gonna do now. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. Now I need to reach out for help and I haven't. So, what am I going to, what, you know, I haven't reached out for help. This is how I've been living. I'm 40 years old. I'm 30 years old. I'm 25 years old. I'm 18 years old. I'm whatever age I am. And I, and I have never reached out for help. So how am I supposed to reach out for help now? Yeah. Kind of a different topic, but you know, reaching out for help is. Well, reaching out for help is having courage too. It's also around the courage thing. Sure courage it's all about courage bravado mm -hmm. like i have to have courage to walk up to somebody and say will you help me mm -hmm. will you give me direction mm -hmm. we'll just start with something as simple as that right that's hard for people absolutely yeah. especially for i mean where i kind of see it is the uh is uh you know the the uh the addict mind is such that like everything is is a it's perfectionism and, and B, everything's sort of hidden. So it's it's hard to ask for help because you don't want somebody else to know that you don't know the answer already. You know, that's the problem. Like that's that's the weird catch-22 of the whole thing. And, but how could you know if you didn't ask, right? Right. So that's the crazy part. Yeah. That's the absolute crazy part. And the other thing is, you know, is that, um, you know, because that, that perfectionism, I think gets in the way of addicts of just trying different things. Cause it's like, what if I'm not the best at it? You know, well, then I guess I can't try it. You know, um, and I know what it's like to to uh, be in that cycle where you want to do something, but you, you're you spend all your time thinking about how you're going to do it so that it comes out perfectly rather than just doing it and getting it done. And that's why I always try to teach everybody, especially kids, you know, that, you know, that, that the, you know, the best is the enemy of the good enough if it's good enough it's good enough and so you can go up on stage and maybe you'll be the best i hope you'll be the best but i guarantee you're going to definitely be good enough and it's going to be fun i just hope awesome. i remember my lines but i think that i'm going to go to that where you just were talking about because i do believe that i do this and it's kind of crazy that you just brought this up because i just realized it right now like so i started playing golf because of you right mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say i started playing golf because of me it was because of him because i wanted to spend time with him so I said, all right, I'm going to start playing golf. And I got into golf and I really wanted to be the best golfer. I wanted to be the best golfer. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the best golfer. Like I'd want to go out there and I'd want to hit the best drive. I'd want to par or birdie and get really into it now. But the other thing is that I don't want to do, I don't want to practice. I don't want to practice. I just mm. want to go out there. And then when I go out there and I don't birdie it, I bogey it, or I double bogey it, or I triple bogey it, or I double par it, or I do whatever, get the maximum score you can get and pick up my ball and go home. And that's where sometimes it's difficult.
because I then say, all right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not the good, I'm not the best. So forget it. I'm going to take my ball and go home. So that kind of, I'm just thinking that just popped in my mind that really kind of falls under that, that saying that we've heard many, many, many times. Like if, if you want what we have, you'll do what we do. Right. So I'm like, what does that mean in life? It means, you know, you got to put in like the work and the effort. So it's easy to say in golf to say, oh, I want to play golf like, like her who's, you know, who shoots 70. And, and, but I don't say, how did you, like, what did you do to be able to shoot 70? You know, oh, you practice five hours a day and you do this and you do that. And that's what I need to do if I want to try to shoot 70. Well, apparently it is. Then I can decide if I really want to do it or not. But I'm like, you know, with the addict mind, I'm just like, I want that. That's what I want to do. You know, I, I never take into account that somebody put in a lot of work to get to where they are. You know, I just assume like it just came naturally to them. So I guess won't it just come naturally to me? Like there must be a shortcut for me to get there. I don't want to have to do all this work. Like I'm different. I'm special. And I should be able to just shoot 70 because... And it's, the, and it's it doesn't work that way. No, and I think with alcoholism, I think especially like when you come, you know, to do it alone is very difficult. Mm -hmm. I think I can't imagine. So for me, you know, the reason I went to twelve step is that I knew I wanted to make friends. I was like, I have to make friends when I do this. Little did I know when I was going, I'm like, I'm going to go to a twelve step meeting because I want to make friends. Little did I know I was going to have to do a couple of things also to remain in, in, in my 12-step group. Mm -hmm. And that was like, get somebody to help me along the way. And I had to go up and ask this woman I didn't know at all, would you help me? And I didn't know she was going to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. But I had to go do it anyway. Absolutely. And then you want to be done with it. And people want to come in and they want to be done with it. And I know, especially for me, when I went to a 12-step meeting, and I know the 12-step doesn't work for everybody, but whatever thing you decide to do, it takes work. Sure. Like So for me, when I was like, all right, I want to get better. I want to have what you have. How did you get to where you are? And the person said to me, well, you need to do A, B, C, and D. And I had to do A, B, C, and D to get to where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And we all have to go through those things. Sure. You know, I think about, um, you know, that in my opinion, everybody that first comes into recovery is, you know, supremely arrogant, giant egos. It's just the way it is, whether you know it or not. I didn't know it about me, but you know, and I, I remember in early recovery, I met this guy that had 20 years of sobriety. He was really cool, you know? And I'm like, I want what he has, you know? So I, I went up and I talked to this guy and I, you know, I said, how did, like, I want what you have. How do I do that? And I'm like, I just want like a one sentence answer, right? Because that's what I want. I want the shortcut, you know, I don't want to do all the work. And his answer was, you don't drink and you don't die and you keep coming back here for 20 years. And that's how you get 20 years. It takes 20 years to get 20 years. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. No, like, I want to do it in like five minutes. So really seriously, where's the crib notes? Where's the reader's digest version? Where's the shortcut? Where's the easiest way? Cause that's what I want. And they just laugh and walk away. And that's true of, of, I think it's true of, of everything in life. You know, we somehow think that people are just born being a superstar 
And they're not, because if you look at any of these superstars in whatever the, whatever the endeavor is, they put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to where they were. You know, they're like, they really worked hard. And it doesn't necessarily, and I, I think that with the part about getting in recovered or whatever, recovering, you know, it's, it's working that you, it's the looking at the ego and breaking it down, which is the hard part. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have to have some sort of ego, like, and for me, like going and trying, I'm circling us back to where I started with the play, like, I had to trust God that I can do this. Like I can go and I, it, and if people laugh at me or I, if they had said to me at the audition, you know, you're crazy. You, you, there's no way you're getting a part in this play. I had to be willing to take that answer with the good and with the bad. And I, and I think that what you said, where you started, it takes courage to try something different. It also takes humility. You just, you have to be humble to try something different because if you're not, you'll never try it. No, you just won't. No. And that's a fact. I know that from my own life. And I think that then it's taking criticism. And I know that when I was first getting sober, she was like, well, and, and I, I mean, she would call me out on stuff. You know, I remember like if I didn't call when I said I was going to call or I'd made an, if I had said, I'm going to call you every day for 90 days and I didn't call her. And I said, I'm going to continue calling you because I want to continue having what you want. She if I didn't call, she'd be like, you know, uh, did you not get the memo? Mm -hmm. And it was like, this, if this is what you want me to do, this is what I expect from you. And if you don't want to do that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to do this with you. And for once I was like, I don't want to disappoint this person. And it wasn't that I put her on a pedestal, but I did put my, her on a pedestal. I did. still think of her on a pedestal. I mean, and not in a godlike thing or that I, you know, in a uh, um, way that I am like, wh what's the word I'm looking for? She had something that you desperately wanted. I did. And, and she, she had it, she got it somehow. So it's easy for you to, to elevate that person because that person, what they had was they had more peace, they had more serenity, they had more calmness, they had all these great qualities. And it's, you're like, wow, we have, we're in early recovery. We have no familiarity with any of those words whatsoever. You know, we None. have familiarity with, with chaos, with anger, with, you know, crazy, just complete lunacy. That's what we have familiarity with. So of course you would put that person on a pedestal and, and that's why you selected that person to be your sponsor, to show you the way, because, you know, they're like, I'm down here and they're up there. It's not really true, but it's okay. doesn't mean you're, uh, you're a bad person or anything, because it's not like you, like you said, you don't idolize them like a God. No, but like it really was, but it was good. It was for, very respectful. And that was what they have. Right. And it was the first time I think I really respected anybody mm -hmm. to be completely honest. Like I didn't really like, I'd seen people and whatever, but like, I really respected this person. Like they stopped drinking. And I was like, wow, you haven't had a drink in whatever time. And not only that, but you're happy. Right. Wow. You're happy and you don't really, yeah. And you have fun. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. How do you have fun without a drink? It's crazy. Yeah. Like but that. we do. Oh, we know we do now, but we didn't know it back then. No. If, I didn't believe it. No. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. No, I was like, oh no, I need another one. I need another one. I need another one. And it's so, it's so crazy. And just, 
I think about it and I think about like what it's like when you're in it and where, how small your life gets. Mm -hmm. Life gets so small. Well, sure. So, you know, it does. Like I said, because you can't try anything new. I mean, you're not not capable of doing those things anyway, but you just, you you couldn't. I, I know, like, I have tried lots of things since I got sober that were things I always thought, like, oh, I'd like to try that sometime. But, you know, being the egomaniac that I was, I was like, what if I suck at it? And, and, but, that, but that was not okay with me. You know, it was not okay with me to suck at something. You know, so if I was thought I might suck at it, I'm just not going to do it. Because, you know, I had this whole story that went through my mind. And, uh, you know, what you guys taught me in sobriety is like, what if you suck at it? So what? Who cares? You know, you tried it. Maybe you sucked at it and you love it. And you're just going to, like, I know a lot of golfers that suck at it and they love it. <laughs> and they're going to do it for the rest of their lives. And maybe you're going to suck at it and you're, and you tried it and that's it. One and done. Move on to the next thing. But having, there's been things like that in both our lives that we've tried it. Mm, okay, I did it. I don't need to do that again. Yeah. Not that it was bad. It's just, you know, had to try it to find out if I really liked it or not. Yeah, and I think that it's the most important thing is trying. And I think that some people relapse. And then once they relapse, they're kind of, I, I don't, I'm, I'm starting to learn more and more. I don't know why I've been seeing people with long-term sobriety that have gone out. A lot mm -hmm. of people with long-term sobriety I'm meeting recently, like years and years and years, and they go out and you're like, why did you go out? And the one thing is, I don't want to focus on why they went out. It's like realizing once you go out, how hard it is to come back. Mm. Seems like the longer you've been in, the harder it is to come back. Yeah. Seems like that's just been what I've, I've seen. And I've loved ones that have been in and can't get back. And I have, and now I'm meeting people that had long-term sobriety and can't come back. And it is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, once you pick up that drink, it becomes, it's a spirit, I think. Yeah. I, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but you know, I think that what we've taught, what we've been taught you know, what we try to pass on is like, you know, you just need to do what you need to do so you don't get to that point. So, you know, you kind of ask people, well, what happened? And they all have sort of a similar story. And the similar story is like other things in life became more important than their sobriety and their sobriety, you know, just fell further and further down their list of priorities until it just wasn't a priority anymore. And that's the common thread of all those stories. So whether you want it to be a priority or not, you it know, has to be, you have to make it a priority. Yeah. You know, um, it's kind of like making the bed, like, you know, Oh, if I don't make it today, who's going to know? Well, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to know. Gonna know. Yeah. I'm going to know. So I don't want to do it. I'm just going to have to do it. And if it's, if you're listening and you're like, I have been wanting to do this and I'm too scared because what am I going to do? I'm going to be bored. I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to be bored. <laughs> I have been, you know, since getting sober, I am like busier than I've ever been. I, and there's so many things I like doing. Yeah. I thought that there's not enough time in the day. I, I thought that, um, when I, when I stopped drinking, I was like, 
what am I going to do with all this time on my hands? You know, I really don't like, what am I going to do with all this time? What am I going to do? I thought I'd be bored, you know, but I just, I mean, I immediately found like things to do that were actually good things. They, you know, they weren't drinking and, and it very quickly got to the point that, gosh, I wish there was another hour in the day because there's just not enough time to do everything that I want to do. So, you know, and then you get, you know, you, you find a routine in life and it's good. So, you know, we're not bored. We always have fun. Um, and our days are full and they're exciting and they're interesting. And, and yet you're still a mom and yet I still have a job and yet, you know, we still do what we need to do. Um, but it's good and boy, we sure do. At least I know, like you said, I didn't know you when you were drinking, but I, we do a lot of stuff together as sober people. And uh, I know I do way more things than I ever did. We're in a play now. I know. And besides that, <laughs> we took a boat to a desert island on Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. We did. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to do it. They were like, where are we going? What are we doing? And I said, come on, we're going to go try this. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And you went and you went on stage. I did. And was it fun? I did it for you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> See all the things you can do if you're sober. You can have this life beyond your wildest dreams. Well, you know, what? one thing you can do is you can actually do something for somebody else that maybe you don't want to do because that's what you do. Oh, I know. I, I, that happened to me this week. You know, well, somebody asked me. happen to you every day. Yeah, people asked me to do something today and I, the other day and I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, you can actually put yourself. And I was like, eh, I don't want to do that. But I did it anyway. But my point is you can actually put yourself aside and do something for somebody else, you know, as a sober person, as, a, as an active addict, never going to happen. I could never have done this play. There's no way I wouldn't have shown up. Well, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been where you are to be able to do the play. <laughs> God knows where you'd be. I don't know where I'd be, but I know that getting on stage would have been very difficult as I were stumbling. You would have been very drunk. Yeah, there's and a person probably, that's I, I don't know, like, uh, but I want to talk about, so if you're out there and you're like, I've been living my life for the past 50 years, 20 years, 30 years, with drinking and drugging and now I don't want to do it anymore it's gotten I'm over the past I'm over the expired limit I need to stop I mm -hmm. can't do it anymore what is your advice well if you can't do it anymore then you're in a good place that's a good place to be to be able to say I can't do this anymore so my advice is like you said get help and the simplest help I think you can get is you know I don't know what you're drug of choices, but there's a 12-step program for it is reach out to those people and find some people that have been able to one day at a time, you know, stay clean or stay sober and hang out with them, you know? And I can tell you it was the last thing in the world that I wanted to do. Had no interest in hanging out with those people. You know, not at all. It seemed terrible. It just seemed like a death sentence. It really did. Um, but it wasn't, you know, and, and it, and it quickly wasn't, it quickly was a great time and a lot of fun and really good people. And, you know, 
they took care of me when I needed to be taken care of. And I think that it's, um, it's scary. And, um, but at the, the light at the end of the tunnel is that your life will change and it will become wild. It will be become, you get to make choices again. I think that's something that I, I, I really, really forget sometimes is that I get to make choices today. I didn't have any choices when I was drinking. It was like, I got to pick up and I got to use. And I think that that spiritual thing, I love the spiritual thing. I love the spiritual thing. I believe so, you know, and I've been sober, you know, a couple of 24 hours. I mean, I'm God, I'm, I'm not that far from 15 years. Actually, yeah. the premiere of this play is one day prior to my 15th anniversary of it sobriety. Yeah. One day prior. It's kind of crazy. Who would have thought at 15 years sober I'd be on play? I have no idea, but I never would have thought that. But I think that the one thing that I think is trusting and being in this place that you're able to actually trust someone because I think at least for me, I was really hurt. I was a hurt person. Do you know what I mean? My heart was hurt. Mm -hmm. I had things that had happened in my life that my heart was hurt and it was hurt from when I was younger. And I always didn't, and there weren't those buzzwords like there are today, like anxiety, anxious, da, 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 all those words that they didn't have those words. At least I didn't know them when I was drinking. But I know that the way I felt was like overwhelmed a lot of the time and really worried about what other people thought about me more than I worried about myself and what my true self wanted and what I really liked in life. And so when I did reach out for help, I was blessed and I, I, I truly believe that I was blessed with wanting to something different in my life. Mm -hmm. I really want, at that point, I was like, I need a change in my life altogether because this way that I have been for X number of years, at that point, 37 years, I, I was 37 years old. And I was like, I can't, I, I could keep continuing on this path, but if I do, what is my life going to look like? And that was pretty scary. Well, you, you know, you, I said it would be, if you're at that point where you say, I can't do this anymore, it's a blessing. And it really is because, you know, you talked about courage and bravado and, uh, you know, the bravado is I'll just keep soldiering on, you know, and, and the courage is all you need. That means think about it. It's, it takes courage, but it's not a ridiculous amount of courage. You're not taking a bullet. You're not charging a hill. You know, you're not doing all you have to do is just have the courage is to show up someplace and walk through a door, just have to walk through a door and somebody's going to be there and just say, I'm new and I need help and they will take care of you. But I think that that courage, you said, it's not like taking a bullet, but for some of us, why oh, now it I know. is like taking a bullet and it's that ego that comes up and says oh no I know I don't want to tell anybody what I've been through I don't want to do that I don't want to go there I don't want to put myself in that situation and I have to tell you it's it is freaking fucking scary mm -hmm. it is it is scary it is scary reaching out for help it is scary saying I want to change it is scary to go up and stand on stage at 14 and a half year sobriety and say can I get it can I have a role in this play and standing up there 
It's scary, but I do things today that are scary because I know I'm going to be okay at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Because I did something that I knew in my heart I wanted to try. Sure. I knew, all right, I'm going to try the sobriety thing. I knew coming in from the very beginning, I said, I'm going to try this. If it doesn't work, I'll drink again. Mm-hmm. That's always an option. Well, that is always an option. Yeah. It was always an option. There, people would be like, well, you know, don't go to a restaurant or bar. I'd be like, I want to go to a restaurant and I want to go to a bar. I mean, they are going to serve drinks. I've got enough money in my pocket that I can go out right now and buy something or somebody will buy me a drink, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And, um, but having the courage to say that I don't want it anymore and having that relationship with this higher power that I like to call God and saying, God, please help me, which I have to say all the time. Yep. Even prior to going this, I have to breathe. I have to take get into my feet all the time. I mm-hmm. have to be in the moment. I can't be worrying about what I said 10 minutes ago or 10 days ago or 10 hours ago or what I might say in 10 minutes, in 10 minutes in the future, 10 hours in the future, where I'm going to be. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I got to let go. And letting go is a really hard thing. And being in the moment and taking this bravado and knowing who we are and owning it, it's humongous. It's something I'm working on to this day. You know, I have to realize that I have, I have been graced this gift of being able to walk in and get on the stage. I know a lot of people couldn't do that. No. And I, and I've Absolutely been not. blessed with that. Some people don't like me. There's people that don't like me that think I'm an asshole and everything else in the world. And it's Okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. I realize that not everybody's going to like me. So it's just being okay with who I am. And I think that's where the humility comes from. Well, that takes a little time to get there in, in sobriety. I just, you know, I think the most important thing that I've ever heard, but I'll tell anybody that's watching this or maybe listening to this that, uh, you know, is at that, at the, uh, at the turning point in their life, which way am I going to go? You know, it's really simple. You want what she has, you know, you'll do what, what she does. You'll do what she did. And she's explained to you exactly what she did. It's not hard. It's not difficult. You know, it's, that's all you need to do. So you have to, you're right. You just have to put your ego aside. That's really where the courage comes in. You just say, just show up someplace, walk through the door, say, I'm new and I need help. People like busy are there to help you. And if you already, if you're already, if you're in long-term sobriety right now, I know that it's all, it's always a work. It, this is always working. Mm-hmm. Taking care of ourselves is always working. It's always a work in progress. It's so, a journey, it is. not a destination. There's no checklist here. Nope. So thanks so much. Thanks, honey. Thank you. You're welcome. They'll see, you guys will see him again. I was going to say in July, but it's July. It'll be you August. see him in August in about four weeks or something but until then keep getting busy living sober all right you guys reach out to me you can always reach me at busy b-i-z-z-y at busylivingsober.com b-u-s-y that is or elizabeth at elizabethchance.com pick up the phone don't pick up a drink email me. I promise I will email you back as you heard last week from last week's guest. I do write you back right away. So reach out again. And until next week, keep getting busy living sober. Thanks again for watching or listening. Take care and subscribe. If you like it, subscribe. Thanks. Bye.